Northern New York Community Podcasts, stories from the heart of our community. Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Northern New York Community Podcast. We promise this will be another great addition you'll enjoy listening to. Dick Alexander has always said in this life, you come in with nothing and you leave with nothing. That statement has really defined his journey, personally, professionally, and in philanthropy. A general contractor, restaurateur, and businessman for most of his life, Dick has also devoted his time to lifting the spirits of those who are at a disadvantage, and especially children. We will touch on Dick's path to Watertown, engagement with local organizations, and what philanthropy has meant to him and where he lives today. Dick, it's great to have you on the podcast, and, and thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, certainly. So just a, a, kind of a lighthearted fun fact to start. So your birth name is really Italian. That's correct. My mother and father were both born in Italy and were immigrants in this country. So what was the, what was the Italian birth name that you had? Alessandrini. Should we try to spell that? <laughs> A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-I-N-I. <laughs> so, so how did your family settle on uh, Alexander as your uh, name here in America? Well, uh, that's a fairly difficult name to spell and even for a lot of people to pronounce. And I already had an uncle whose name was Alexander. So my father wanted to keep it in the family as much as he could. So he shortened it to Alexander. So you grew up in the Utica area and your professional career really began in your father's tiling business. And you're a graduate of RPI right. and you spent some time in the service. Um, when you came home, uh, you really dove in, and it, it really came about because of an unexpected event. Could, could you tell us just a little bit about that story? I came home from the Navy at like 4 or 5 o'clock one Saturday morning and uh, tried to get a few hours sleep. And that afternoon, my father was lying on the sofa in tremendous pain, and we got a doctor there, and he'd had a massive heart attack. And way back then, when you had a heart attack, you were taken to the hospital and left there until you were cured. And uh, he was there for five or six weeks. So on Monday morning, I went to work uh, running the show, not knowing anything about it. But you learn fast under those circumstances. What were some of the things you picked up or had to really pick up right away about running, running a business? I had worked part-time there in the past, but I was so fortunate to have an elderly lady who was doing the bookkeeping and everything, and she had a hands-on and everything. So she was a, a, a great help. But when I got there Monday morning, I really and, and the employees were coming in one after another. I had to introduce myself to them and they had to introduce themselves to me because I had no clue who they were. So what were some of the things, the experience of that, you know, being in charge of the day-to-day, -day, but having some help too, how did some of that experience help you uh, position yourself for your contracting business and, and really kind of venturing out on your own as you did after the fact? You grow up real fast under those circumstances and and you have to put in long hours and, and learn it. And you don't have a lot of, you're not given a lot of time to learn it, so you better do it in a hurry. And uh, I always enjoyed that kind of thing. When I was in the Navy, I was a, a personnel officer, and I was also, uh, I went to the Naval School of Justice. So that was a good background for me. As part of the business, made, you made several trips to Watertown, New York. 
So you're pre you were pretty familiar with the area at the time. Uh, what were those commutes and visits like when you were in this area? Well, we, we actually did work in uh, three states, uh, New York, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, actually four, Pennsylvania. And so I used to go on those jobs twice a week. So I was in Watertown almost uh, twice a week, every Tuesday and every Thursday. What were some of the takeaways, the things that caught your eye about Watertown, maybe in comparison to where you grew up in Utica? Way back then, it was a small town. Of course, it was before Fort Drum became Fort Drum. It, was, it had a nice tone. You know, Public Square was very pretty, and there were a lot of nice old homes. So it was a, it was a very laid-back, quaint town. Uh, Whereas Utica was a mill town. We had a couple of million square feet of, of factories that made sheets and pillowcases. Matter of fact, Utica sheets and pillowcases were noted the world around. When all those factories moved south and then moved out of the country, it devastated Utica. Tell us a little bit about the contracting business you had. You know, the tiling business helped set the stage, I think, for your transition in, in developing kind of a construction company. Um, what, tell us how you got that started and what that experience was like too. Well, we, we, we did a lot more than tiling. We were actually became an, in, in, an interior contractor. We would do everything from ceilings to floors, walls. Uh, we did all kinds of, and so it, it was an evolution that eventually, if you were doing that much on a job, you'd start doing the whole job. How important was it to have a business or to realize with a business that you had to evolve over time? You know, as the mills began to close, as industry began to change, um, you know, what were some of the keys that, that you saw to say, if, if our business is gonna survive, we need to start doing these things to, to make ourselves relevant? Well, and that's why we expanded. Uh, when I first came to work there, we operated in a very small geographic area. And then over the years, we kept making the circle wider and wider and wider until 1974 when I sold out. Was there ever a vision when you were making trips up to Watertown where you said, you know, I, I could see myself actually living here someday? Was, was there any kind of that forward thinking or not Pro so much the probably time? Not, <laughs> probably not, probably uh, not. I was pretty much entrenched in Utica and uh, had made a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances. I was on, I was asked, I was lucky enough to be on quite a few boards in Utica, non-for-profits and. So, so perhaps, I guess in some respects, it may have been destiny that there was an opportunity that presented itself here in Watertown in the mid nineties, um, where you, you came up and saw a good opportunity. And can you tell us a little bit about purchasing the carriage house in? I had opened a hotel in Utica uh, a Ramada in 93, and uh, the gentleman that we had bought all the furniture from suggested to go up and look at the Best Western Watertown. And I had actually worked at the Best Western when Mr. Capone had put the third floor on there years before. And so I was pretty familiar with the uh, building. I pursued it, and, and sooner or later we ended up buying it. It was, that was, what really changed me from a Utican to a Watertown 
man. Uh, uh, the people in Watertown that came there were wonderful people. We made so many friends and they would come back week after week. We had so many loyal customers. It was just a great experience. And you also met your wife here. Yes. Correct? <laughs> how, how did you meet Pat? We used to have happy hour every Friday afternoon and she was employed at the state office building right across the street. So a whole bunch of girls after work would come over to the Best Western. And I spotted her and I <laughs> decided that was where I was going. <laughs> it, took me, it took me quite a few months to finally say, oh yeah, I will go out with you. And then we've been together ever since the first day. Another piece of um, you know, your involvement in Watertown really has been Sunrise Rotary Club. And Rotary, I know, means a lot to you. Um, what has participating in Rotary and its mission, um, what, is that, what have you learned from that? And what's, what, what are some of the values you've taken away from that experience? I joined Rotary when I was a young man in Utica. And uh, at that time, and still today, Rotary's motto is service above self. So it wasn't very long after you were in a Rotary Club that you were asked to do something. And I had a very close friend who was, uh, had a handicapped niece. So his uh, focus was on helping the handicapped people and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. So we got started on a handicapped committee and then we would have spaghetti dinners to raise money so we could do more for these handicapped people and we would put on dinner dances for them, go to Camp Goodwill, and, which was a handicapped camp near Utica. And we built places for them to lodge. We remodeled the dining room hall. We, there, was a, there was a little group of us that, that we were all in the construction business in one phase or the other, and we all got together and it was like a posse. We would go there and we'd start on a Thursday and by Sunday night, no matter how, what it was, we were done because we had to go back to our, our jobs, you know. And Rotary actually gives a little guy like me from a small town called Utica, New York to help in a small way make a change in the world. And uh, they really do. I mean, Rotary has virtually eliminated polio in the entire world. It's 99.8% stopped. And it was Rotary and the donations. The first Rotary, they wanted to raise $100 million pledge to, to eradicate polio. And uh, in three months, they raised $140 million. And then when I started coming to Watertown more, I, I needed to get an affiliation, so I joined Sunrise Rotary. What, have, what are some of the values? You mentioned service above self is one of the primary uh, tenets of Rotary. What are some of the other values you've taken away from Rotary that you've used either in your own personal philanthropy or even just in the day-to-day -day work that you've done professionally? If you live by the Rotary ideals, uh, you live a pretty good life. And Rotary has been very good to me. I have made so many friends. And although Rotary is not used for business contacts, it automatically is business contacts because you're dealing with the other members of the community who have businesses. 
And so you end up with contracts. And uh, we're able to do so much that you can't do by yourself, but you can do as a group. One of the nice transitions or uh, affiliations that Rotary has is with the Dodge Pond Camp that's affiliated with St. Lawrence NYSARC. What has, uh, what compelled you really to participate in helping with the programming that happens at Dodge Pod and Camp through NYSARC? Well, uh, Dave Mance, who's very well known in Watertown, uh, is the one that selected Dodge Pond to be the Rotary Handicap Camp. And Dave and I were good friends and he got me involved and uh, over the years, Pat and I have been very devoted to uh, Dodge Pond. We've, we've bought land for him. I've helped remodel buildings. I put buildings up. It, it's, it's a great place. And, and the give back you get is when you go there and those people run up to you and give you a big hug. I mean, and that smile, that's it. You just, what else is there? You've really devoted um, a good portion of your, your life as part of your philanthropy to help those who are disadvantaged, whether it be children or adults. Why did, it, why did you feel compelled, you and Pat together, to help those that um, are, are in that situation or in that position? Well, when you get started, as I say, we started in a small way in the Handicap Committee in Utica. You, 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 you begin to understand the need and and the gratification to help them is, is fabulous. These people who were given a bad deal to start are so appreciative of everything you do for them. You can't help not doing it. One of the amazing stories I, th I think that you've been a part of certainly and, and Pat and NYSARC as a whole is being able to take some of those folks to Disney, oh. which is a tremendous trip. What, what was that experience like to be able to take some of those folks on? that experience. One of the most fabulous things I've ever done in my life. Pat keeps saying, if you keep talking like this, you're going to say it was better than our wedding. <laughs> but when, when we got on the airplane in Syracuse and that they revved the engines and they took off, these kids were screaming. And, and just to see them, and they were so well behaved. We, we took them to Disney. We spent three days there and uh, they were all able to uh, get together with Mickey Mouse and have their pictures taken. And uh, some of the kids didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay at Disney. But we were fortunate enough. We ended up with 35 people going and we ended up with 35 people coming back. So it was <laughs> a good thing. I know when you head to Disney, nobody seems to want to come home. It's, yeah. it's such a magical place. And uh, to this day, uh, when, when those kids still come up and hug you and say, oh, it was the trip of my life. You know, Dick, your generation, I think, has, has really done a nice job demonstrating how important community philanthropy is at any level. You know, being able to either make a gift or your time and talent to volunteer, your generation has, has provided such a great example. In thinking about the next generation, the younger folks in that group, what message would you share with them to maybe inspire them to give as you have? The rewards in giving are phenomenal. Uh, my daughter wants to do more than I was able to do because uh, she started out in higher 
than, than I did. Uh, and, and my son-in-law, uh, who's an ex-army general, is very involved with uh, wounded warriors and, and anything to do with the military. He's also a professional dentist, and he, he has set up clinics in Mexico to try to help people from all around the country. Why did you decide to be as philanthropic and, and willing to give back in Watertown as you have, and doing it together with Pat? Watertown may not be my hometown, but it's my town now. And so it's always nice to be able to see the results of the, the seeds you plant while you're still alive. Because after you're dead, you can do whatever you want, but you, you, you can't get the joy out of it that you can while you're still alive. And how important is giving back and philanthropy? How important is it to the future of the North Country? Oh, I think it's very important. There are a lot of places and people in Watertown that have needs. And to find the need and to fulfill it is, is just overwhelming the results that happen. Now we just took a busload of kids to Old Forge this summer. And, and most of these kids, their mothers and fathers said, you know, we could have never done this. And we were there for a day and to see the smiles and the kids having a great time, it was just, Pat and I just spent the day just walking around seeing these kids having so much fun it wasn't funny and we took 55 and 55 came back so <laughs> that's two in a row <laughs> you're batting a thousand on these yeah. trips which is good uh last question for you so you have a couple signs in your office currently you know, tough times don't last tough people do success is spelled work a couple key Tenants are things that you believe in, but there's one I feel like that really fits your values, and I want you to, to just talk about how meaningful it is. I think you know which one I'm talking about. If yeah. you could, could you mention which one it is? Yeah. If you see a need, find a way of filling that need. I think that's very important. God's been so good to me, and so why shouldn't I and everybody else give back to him like he's given to us? Well, you've made this community your home, Dick, as you, as you said, and thanks for all that you've done and through the organizations you're affiliated with to address those important needs in Northern New York. We hope your example can be replicated by the next generation or inspire other residents to help those in need. So thanks so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much, sir. Thanks again for tuning in to this edition of the Northern New York Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Dick Alexander. We are very grateful to have the support of WPBS-TV and the Northern New York Community Foundation so we can continue sharing these conversations about community philanthropy on this platform. Stay tuned for more great stories from the heart of our community, and thanks again for listening in. Northern New York Community Podcast, stories from the heart of our community.